Welcome to the Reticle Up Podcast, where I, Three Gun Kenzie, will be interviewing competitive shooters, hunters, fishermen, archers, entrepreneurs, and outdoorsmen. Come learn with me as I interview people from all walks of life, in different disciplines, all across the world, from novices to professionals of all ages. No matter what, everyone has something they can teach you. So come join me on the journey. Welcome back to the Reticle Up Podcast. I'm here with my buddy, Corey Shield. He is the inventor of the Shield Roller Delayed Buffer System. He shoots PCC, dabbles a little bit in open, but uh, we're going to talk about that today. So, Corey, how are you? Doing great. Doing great. Last time I saw you, you weren't as uh, wintered up here. You have a full beard. Yeah, you know, I not too bad. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I fluctuate with seasons. I like it. Yeah, because you guys are getting snow right now. Yes, it's like almost knee deep and there's a big one coming. I, I went grocery shopping this morning because <laughs> looks like I'm going to be snowed in. Yeah, for a few days, for sure. <laughs> so uh, when did you first start shooting PCC? Was that first or did you shoot something else before? So, you know, I watched some, I saw some like shooting USA, you know, USPSA, probably Jerry Michelick and said, oh, I want to do that. And my dad said, hey, my buddy at the coffee shop does that at the sportsman's pub locally. So, you know, so he hooked me up and I went there to, to a match without knowing. Like I knew there was this guy that had a big beard and mustache and just kind of went and looked for, hey, are you Jim? Yeah, I'm Jim. Hey, I'm Corey, you know. And so um, I had a CZ75 that was fit and limited. And uh, so I shot that for a year or so. And I, as soon as I shot my first match, I was kind of like hooked and in with the the group that ran the match. Yeah. The, Jim was good friends with them, and I just kind of got in with them. We all became friends. I ended up helping set up. And um, so that's kind of how the first summer went anyways, was that. And so going into the winter, we shoot an indoor match, which is one stage. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of times people bring – rim fire guns and just anything to shoot just so they could shoot a couple times and uh so i decided pcc sounded like it'd be fun i could build one myself and uh take it there and have a second gun to shoot and as soon as i did i was all pcc i've been have been since it was that's my division in uspsa and it's because i won you know all of a sudden i'm like went from being c-class limited to winning in pcc and uh yeah, and been there ever since. That was probably 2014, 2015, something like that. Yeah, yeah. So did you get crap from the club for just shooting a pistol for a year and switching over to a rifle? No, I mean, everyone gave me a little bit of shit, but, you know, but whatever. Yeah. You know, everyone wants to shoot everything. So, and I was winning, so whatever. I don't care. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Oh, man. So yeah, what were, I know like you, you said you built your own and stuff. What were your frustrations, you know, with the PCC that led you to even invent the roller delay buffer system you came up with? So like an AR9, it's generally just, it, it's not, they just kind of said, how can we make a nine millimeter fit in this chassis that we already have? And as soon as they, they came up with a way to do it. Blowback worked and it, it worked. And so that's what's been the standard for years. But there's just a huge amount of room for development there. And um, I just kind of looked at some other designs. The MP5 
and said, you know, there's a way to do this and I can do this. And at, at first I was like, what's the cheapest thing I can cut on my gun? I don't want to ruin a receiver set, the buffer tube, I'll start there. And, uh, and went from there. And then it was like, Oh, now this can be an add on to everyone else's gun. And, um, so, I, you know, it was, I, I don't know, to get back to your question, it, there's just a lot of problems with the AR9 system in general. Yeah, yeah it relies on a brick for a bolt and a heavy buffer and then an even heavier spring behind it to hold everything locked up. And I just thought there's a better way to do it because once it once it's unlocked, it doesn't need all of that spring. It doesn't need all of that weight. And um, yeah, just kind of there's other guns doing it other ways, and there's a way to make this do it that way. Right, right, yeah. So, like, when you took it all apart and stuff, like, how did your brain even come up with this idea? Had you heard about roller delayed systems before, or just I don't even know how someone comes oh, up with I'm, that. I, I'm a very like I'm a curious person. I'm always I'm on YouTube reading how does this gun work or that or you know how does an air conditioning work whatever just something I, I I just keep I'm mechanically inclined and I just keep going and so when I got into the guns and the shooting the go fast guns it was natural to just kind of tear it apart figure out how to make it better and um, it was really when I got into my open gun that I started realizing how we can make one spring, like the hammer spring work versus the recoil spring and how to tune that, that I got really got to thinking about how I can make that work with the PCC as well. Interesting. Interesting. So I know like, I mean, I have a background in entrepreneurship and we always teach people to prototype, you know, their design. So did you hand draw it? Did you sketch it? Like what, what did you do to even come up with that design? started cutting on metal uh, honestly i just i said you know i can it's cheap and i thought you know okay so this is an aluminum tube it's going to wear out immediately but i need to test my i need to test the theory so i cut an aluminum tube turns out they don't wear out who would have thought i was immediately like this is the first thing that everyone asked how's the aluminum tube not wear out yeah. And I thought immediately I'm going to have to have a steel tube made, but I can test the idea. I can, you know, and with the aluminum tube. And so that's what I went with. And, um, turns out it's fine. So I just started playing in my machine. I've got a tiny little machine shop down here, a little mill, a little lathe. And, um, I started cutting on metal and making something that I thought would work and took it to the indoor match because there's snow everywhere. And, uh, it worked and I, you know, I broke a few parts and tr I tried a few iterations, but pretty soon I had something that worked and, and ran pretty well. Did you keep this to yourself or did people know that you were like tinkering? Um, the, like the core group at my club that I, you know, I helped set up. So mm -hmm. we go and we're there for hours setting stages and talking and we're all good friends. And so they're all people I can, I know and can trust. And so they all knew about it right from the get go. They saw the first iteration to once I finally had something that was working and everyone's my group of four or five knew about it. Yeah. Yeah. And then what did they think? Were they behind it? Were they intrigued? I mean, Supported. A lot of them had the same things. All oh, the aluminum's going to break. That you know, it's not worth it. 
you you know, you got ITAR law, all this stuff to, to deal with. A lot of people, you know, not that they weren't behind me, you know, but they all brought up different concerns that I should probably look at. <laughs> yeah, no, it's good. Getting feedback is, is actually really helpful. <laughs> and then did you learn CAD system? Like, how did you end up? Yeah. Well, okay. So once I had a design, it was like, now what am I going to do? I need to have machine shops. I can't make these myself. It took me 30 hours to make the first <laughs> prototype. Oh, and you could get 29 hours in and turn the knob the wrong way on a manual machine and ruin it. And oh. so like, I can't make these by hand. I need to have a CNC shop do this and I need to get estimates or quotes. And so to do that, I have to have like a 3D file to do that. Mm-hmm. And do I look to my friends that I might have a couple in the industry and pay them or, you know, learn some software. And it, it's not, you know, very technical part. You have to know the dimensions. And so I spent a couple of days snowed in in a February learning uh, Fusion 360, which is like an AutoCAD software. Yep. And once I had the, the parts, I was able to then go get estimates from machine shops and um, also use those fo- those drawings towards the patent. And um, so it all kind of worked out in my favor to learn that Fusion 360. Heck yeah, it did. Now, you know, most businesses too, like they, they require like minimums, you know, for small businesses to manufacture, make a mold or what have you, right? So were you able to like negotiate or was it pretty simple to find that machine shop that would take that order? Uh, you know, I just went to each shop and said, can you give me a price with this quantity, this quantity, and this quantity? You know, not knowing how fast this is going to ramp up and and how what the pricing even would look like. You know, yeah. I had no idea what this was going to cost. And um, so they, you know, everyone came back to me and I found a shop that had, you know, decent price. It seemed like a huge, huge risk at the time to throw, you know, it was a few thousand dollars in machine parts along with i had to have springs custom wound and stuff like that but just the the big bite was the machine parts and to just be like okay i'm gonna roll the dice and we're gonna buy 60 of these and see if we can sell them and um turned out to be the best move i made that's pretty cool so you were building this for yourself and then you kind of you know I don't know what, was it planned to have a business out of this or was this really you trying to fix the system and realize other people want it too? I've always had like entrepreneurial spirit and, uh, you know, I was, I sold stuff on eBay during like the fast and furious (laughs) soup up your Honda civic days. And, you know, I was always in that, like whatever the the niche was of the time or what, you know, I, I kind of, uh, you know, I used to drag race, so all of a sudden now I'm making parts for drag racing and selling parts or or parting out motorcycles because I was into motorcycle. It just I turned my hobbies into into businesses or at least side businesses. Yeah. And um for now. Yeah. And so yeah, for now. Yeah. That's awesome. Now, can you explain your system? So for people that are listening to the podcast or watching on YouTube, I highly recommend you go watch this part. Can you show us how it works? Like what the functionality is? Um, yeah. Okay. So I've got a, it's actually a cutaway on this side. You can just see the spring, but this is a buffer, a normal buffer tube. And we've got our pockets here and the 
So here is the buffer. We've got arms with rollers on it and there are pockets for springs to go inside. And so those springs push the arms outward and those interface with the holes. Oh, it's something behind it. There's a hole in, in this that, um, that these spring, that these rollers interface with. And so basically they're acting as like a detent and they're locking up. So right now it's really hard to push. And then all of a sudden it lets go and we've got a five pound spring. So, and this is all tunable. This is just one weak spring in here and you've got three pockets and I've got different springs. It gets much stiffer than this. This is just kind of my demo setting. Mm -hmm. But so you can change your lockup to anything from, you know, zero pounds or, well, I guess it'd be five pounds because this spring that's in here is five pounds to 50 pounds, all depending on your settings and, um, and what you, yeah, how you have it set up. That's cool. Um, so your typical recoil spring in your regular PCC is a 15 to 18 pound spring. It's about this thick. And what we run is this one above here, which is a five pound spring, much thinner. And we're also able to take a lot of weight out of the buffer and the bolts as well. You take the, there's a, removable weight in most nine millimeter bolts and so we remove that and altogether it's able to reduce recoil and um reduces the muzzle rise the amount of blowback coming through the action um there's a lot of benefits to this yeah and now like you know people shoot anything from 115 to 147 so it's tunable based on your loads too Oh, yeah. And, you know, there's people with steel challenge that don't have any power factor. And then there's people who are shooting maybe three gun and want to have a little more than 125 because they've got some steel they've got to knock over that could be shotgun or pistol steel or PCC. So, um, yeah, this is completely adjustable to your load. And um, I, that's the most that's the biggest benefit to it is you tune it exactly to, to your load. Cool. Tune your gun to your load, tune your load to your gun, vice versa. Yeah. Now I played with a little bit. Um, what do you typically see? There's four holes, right? In between the springs or in the arms. So there's, there's four holes, but one is down by the pin. So we don't really use the one down at the very pivot. Mm -hmm. It, um, it doesn't have enough pressure on the arm to make any difference. Yeah. So it's really the, the three holes from the tip to, to the pin. And you've got different spring weights, the tiny springs, lightweight, heavyweight, and you just figure out the basically the sequence you want. Right, right. And depending on with between the three springs or three holes and two different spring settings, as well as we have two different recoil springs you can use, a five pound and a three pound. There's a hundred or more settings that you could possibly have. Um I don't, I've, I have, I've tried probably 10 different settings. So, uh, you know, I, I don't know. There's plenty in between, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, um, totally got the taste for it at nationals, which is really cool. Um, getting to actually shoot it. And that's the hardest part, right? Like it's really hard to, for people to understand the value or see it. And 
there's everything in the gun industry. I feel like I just have to put something in somebody's hands and then you're like, Oh, got it. You know what I mean? <laughs> Done with that. So like I, I've switched out and for a dummy like me to be able to figure out how easy that system is to be tunable. That was helpful. Like if I can do it, other people can do it. <laughs> it's, it's simple because it doesn't need to be complicated. It, no. it, you know, we don't need to have a wedge that drives these rollers sideways or it's just spring pressure equals pressure equals lockup and you can tune it that way. And it doesn't, it doesn't need to get as complicated as some of the systems make it. Yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. Um, now when did you first put the buffers like on sale on a website or talking to friends? Like what was that day or year even? So I, at first I wanted to make sure they worked. Yeah. I was afraid, you know, we're going to have some problems. This is, you know, right here. So you could potentially <laughs> hurt yourself if something breaks and, you know, and I had a, you know, I have a, a regular nine to five job. And so I didn't need to sell these. And so I, you know, my friends wanted them. And so I said, well, and primers being what they were to find to come by, it was like, I need to have 20,000 rounds through these before I sell them is what I said to myself. I said, it doesn't all have to be on the same buffer because that'll be about impossible. But if my friends want them, I could, I mean, I don't want to say that I was using them, but they, you need testers. They wanted to shoot them and they had primers. And so I gave two or three or five systems to different people. And um, we got to that 20,000 round mark a lot quicker because of that. Yeah. And I didn't have to use my, you know, I had a few primers on the shelf, but I didn't have to use them up. That'd be a lot of money. So, <laughs> then I was able to prove it. And I think like first of May was when uh, was just like the date that I had in, in mind. I was waiting on the right springs to come back. I had a couple springs come in from my spring manufacturer that weren't exactly what I wanted and back and forth. And so um, all of a sudden everything came in and beginning of May, I was ready to sell them. And I had two or three guys waiting for them. So was that this was 2020? exciting. 2021. Just this past year. So 2021. Okay. Yeah. Now let's back up. Actually, I totally forgot and I shouldn't have testing. So when you say 20,000 rounds, I'm curious, do you remember like the um, types of PCCs that you put them through like different JPs or PSAs or what kind of PCCs that they went in? So my, my gun was a, a new frontier lower, which is like a Palmetto, same thing. Yep. Um, build. Um, a couple of like TACCOM builds with like the lightweight barrels and the lightweight setups. I think they were on Gibbs lowers. One's a left-handed person, so he shoots Gibbs stuff. Okay. Um, but it was kind of on every on. I'm trying to remember what Anthony shot. He shoots a lot of code evolution parts, but I think it's just kind of on a custom build as well. Yeah, his is totally a hodgepodge. So, <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So it was just like four custom builds. Um, they were all different from each other. But we all we all had the same buffer and different. We had different loads. It was just a really good kind of a sample of, and they were all like M M class shooters or so. Some something around me because I was an M class shooter at the time as well, mm -hmm. and um, just all kind of us guys that pushed each other around the state of Ohio and Pennsylvania. Um, awesome. Yeah, yeah, that's super. Kind of cool. like every a little bit of everything. Um, I've put a lot on JPs. It seems like JP rifles are what I 
like the GMR 13 and 15. Mm-hmm. seems like I swap a lot onto those. Um, I, I'm currently, I'm, I'm sponsored by DaVinci. And so we sell a gun with it already on there, a factory gun, but um, I've converted a few Da Vinci's, but pretty much everything else has been just kind of custom builds. That seems to be the the norm in the in the PCC stuff in my area, anyways. Is everything's just kind of home built stuff. For this, the people that know how to tinker, it's a hodgepodge. I built one and it was just not fun for me. <laughs> so oh. I ended up just buying and, and they work. They work now. Yay. <laughs> Except for when you crack a firing pin in half at nationals on a stage. <laughs> you know, I don't know what to say about firing pins. I've been lucky, you know, knock on wood. I, you know, I've never had an issue. Um, I've actually pulled a bolt out of a gun and had, had a broken firing pin in it. Mm-hmm. It was working. Lucky. So, yeah, lucky. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to bring that up, but um No, it's so true. That, and it wasn't my gun. It was a friend's gun that I was actually converting. It was a JP. And uh it seems like there was a batch of bad firing pins right. and they just they show up. I don't know. <laughs> I've been lucky. So lucky. Oh man. Okay, so 2021, May, which is super recent. Um do you remember the first time a stranger, so not a friend, family, or someone you know you knew, bought the buffer system? Yes, um, it was one of so one of my testers, a, a good friend, another Corey, Corey Katz. Yeah. Uh, one of his buddies was waiting, like in line, waiting for waiting for it. And so as soon as the springs came in, he got it, and he was one of the first people to have it. Neat. And, and kind of a funny story. Um, so I, I bought a, a batch of hats, a hundred hats. I thought I should get embroidered hats and I can give them out and that'll help me yeah. sell these. And so the hats came in before the right springs came in. <laughs> so like, I'm not ready to sell anything yet, but I'm ready to give hats out mm-hmm. and uh, kind of the cart before the horse. I like it. But so I, I gave him a hat when he bought, bought it. And, uh, and it was this guy named Jerry Eccles from Cleveland. And so Jerry is into go-karts. He races go-karts and uh, my best friend and probably he used to live with me. We were just really good friends and also races carts. And he ran into him and he had a shield manufacturing hat, like the only one that I'd given out. And he's like, how do you have that? I'm, uh, how, you know, and they, and they figured out how they knew each other. It was just kind of funny. Small That's world. Super you know. small world. Jesus. Yeah. The yeah. only one I'd given out of my best friend of the world spotted. <laughs> was he betrayed when he found out <laughs> yeah he was exactly and i was like i only have so many and <laughs> andy doesn't shoot he doesn't know anyone in the shooting industry right. you don't need a hat you're not going <laughs> to sell any for me <laughs> that's hysterical oh but my no, god now andy has hats and his kids have hats and you know yeah yeah taken care of now but what was yeah. that feeling like when yeah when a stranger bought it not someone you knew uh, nervous, very, uh, you know, I felt like it was overpriced, which I had it I was barely above cost. And, you know, you still feel like you're just, it, how can this thing cost this much? Right. And, uh, and nervous that it wasn't going to be up to his ex- expectations. You know, it's a recoil reduction device in PCC, which isn't known for being like crazy recoil. It's not a shotgun. So you, it's really someone that's searching for that last 10% or so. It's not, 
it's not for everyone. And I, I realize that. And so for it to, you know, be worth his while was, I, I wasn't sure yet if he was going to be happy or not. Yeah. And uh, it was great. And he gave me great feedback and, and helped me along the line. So he had the first version of the instructions, which was like two lines long. <laughs> and he didn't understand it. So, you know, I've rewritten that three or four times. And I'm sure it's still not adequate, but it, it's good enough. And I'm always just a phone call or an email away. So. So they were helpful, but my dumb ass totally actually got pliers out and put the spring in at the very front where you're talking about where you don't really use it. So, okay. I, I did that. But what's funny is like, you should just send it to a dumbass like me that has no manufacturing skills, has no, <laughs> no clue <laughs> to test the instructions. Females will be really good at that feedback. And, you know, and when I was, this goes back to the CAD. I didn't really know what I was doing on the CAD. And I said, well, there might be room here for four spring pockets instead of three. So I added a fourth pocket. And either way, it's just a hole inside of it. It takes yeah. a little weight away if not, if you can't do anything. It's not like it doesn't change the design. But, uh, yeah, it turns out the fourth hole is not needed. Yeah, yeah, that was really funny. I figured it out later, but that was... <laughs> <laughs> me being silly now um for entrepreneurs you know how important is it for people that you don't know I, I go back to that stranger right it's like a sense of validation when somebody that you don't know purchases it saying hey i don't know you i believe in the product or i like the product or i've seen it right how important is that for you to like just keep going oh i i wouldn't be absolutely i wouldn't have ordered my second batch of parts had i not had the the I love this thing. This is great response from people. And honestly, a third of my sales are resells. Mm -hmm. Like our our sell, you know, second and third systems to the same person. Yeah. And um, so I feel like I need to get the word out. I need to get the word out more because that's that's the the bottleneck. I think it's just you know, it's it's in its infancy still. Yeah. So when we talk about like adoption rates, you know, and even technology with phones, you know, you have your early adopters, like your friends or the people that know you, right. And they're on board. And then it's got to take that brand recognition or that education for the rest of the community to kind of catch up. Do you feel like it's getting closer to that, that wave? I hope, you know, I, I had really good response at nationals. That was one of the best things from PCC nationals was just the, the overall response that I got. Um, you know, at, at the awards banquet, I was able to look out and see 15 or 20 people with steel manufacturing hats on. And that was just, that was exciting. You know, I didn't do, I didn't place nearly where I thought I would. And, and, but I, my focus was really on the business as, as far as yeah. much more than being a competitor. So, yeah. um, in that aspect, it was a success. Now, for people that don't know, uh, you had a table at Nationals, um, and you set it for the, what, four, four-ish days in there? Yeah, I, I was lucky enough. So through my sponsor, Da Vinci, who was also selling my buffers, mm -hmm. they were a sponsor of Nationals. And they had a, a booth and a table and everything. And um, when I got there, they said, hey, you know, would you like to take, or I guess this was probably before I got there, they said, would you like? We, we can clear you an area on the end of the, uh, and you can sell your stuff. And I'll, you know, 
absolutely because it's expensive to have a, a table at nationals and i felt kind of bad that i was like kind of piggybacking on da vinci but they you know they paid their way in yeah and they offered so um i'm very grateful to david and everyone at da vinci for that and it you know it turned out to be a good thing yeah no i mean again working in entrepreneurship if those people aren't willing to help entrepreneurs or give them a little space or even if you think about like food businesses, right? They have to be in that certified kitchen or whatever, commercial kitchen. So it can't be another home. There are kitchens out there. I bring this up because it's so silly, but related that will donate the nighttime space for entrepreneurs to come use the kitchen when it's not in use, right? So it puts them in business and that little step up can potentially grow a business massively. Like that's, that's huge. A absolutely. Um, yeah. I, I, I'm so grateful for Da Vinci for letting me do that. Um, they, you know, they brought me a table even all I, I showed up with a couple banners and some stuff to sell and they, and, you know, they had a table for me to set stuff on and it, it just, it turned out to be just a fantastic thing. Super cool. Now, how did y'all get hooked up in the first place? You and Da Vinci. So my good friend through shooting Mike Seifert from New Jersey, he's a grandmaster PCC shooter and we've just, over the last few years, shot a lot of matches together and and became good friends. Stayed at the same hotels and we stayed in the same uh, Airbnb at at nationals this year. And um, but he's he's a Da Vinci shooter, and so he was one of the first people to have one of the buffer systems that wasn't necessarily like a I test it and try and destroy it tester it's like the people around here that i wanted to kind of keep it i didn't want someone to break it in this yeah. and because i thought it's going to break the first you know this is just the first iteration i just made these things something's going to break the tube's going to wear out that's what i thought was going to happen and so i want this to be just local people that know that i'm just testing yeah. i didn't want to send one to new jersey and have it break before i even sell them and get bad publicity right so once they were proven Mike got one of the first ones to help me sell him. Okay. You know, he's, he was one of the guys that's like, you can, you can put this on, you know, put this on your gun. I think he was shooting a JP at the time. Um, had just switched to Da Vinci. That's what happened was he had just got sponsored by Da Vinci over the winter. And, uh, so he put it on the Da Vinci and loved it. Cool. Very cool. And, um, so told the guys at Da Vinci, you know, you need to check the system out. And so, they started selling a few. He went to, I think he went to a big match. He shoots a lot of Ipsic matches. So he went to like Aruba or somewhere like that. And everyone, Da Vinci did like a little dog and pony show, show off the guns. Mm -hmm. And everyone shot the guns. And when they got to Mike's gun, they were like, this feels different. What's, what's you know? And so I've, I've got a lot of people in Aruba that like the system. And so <laughs> Are you they, shipping internationally? I am now. I am. <laughs> Uh, first through Da Vinci when they were selling guns into Aruba, but now Shooters Connection is selling my products, so they're shipping all over the world. Um, so, anyways, Da Vinci started selling, or you know, people in Aruba really liked it, liked the Da Vinci, and um, and so Da Vinci started selling the parts. And a month or two into that, David said, "Hey, why aren't you shooting a Da Vinci? Let me send you a gun." And, you know, and so yeah. it was right at the same time I made Grandmaster. I don't know if one influenced <laughs> the other or I didn't have the, 
you know, I don't know if like me making Grandmaster made David say, oh, let me send you a Da Vinci. But I like to think that had to do with it. There you go. um, I earned it. (laughs) That's so cool. Yeah. No, their guns are amazing. I mean, and Brian has one in his his little travel trailer, you know, with Hunter's HD Gold. Uh That's neat. People can borrow those too. So if people want to shoot a Da Vinci, Brian will lend his out. (laughs) I I love mine. I've got mine right here. And it's, I didn't realize what I was missing. I had Palmetto builds to work and mine worked better than most. And, um, but the fit and finish on the Da Vinci is really kind of above it. it I, I, I didn't realize what I was missing until I got one. Yeah, and I love the side charger too. I didn't think I needed a side charger, but I love the side charger. Yep. Yep. No, those are super beneficial. Um, I got to put one on my AR-15, actually. I keep meaning to do that because they are legit. You know, and then I'm sidetracked again, but like Dissident, too, with their shotguns, they even do it on a semi-auto, a left-hand charging handle. So it's spicy. Okay. I like it. I like it. I mean, you can prop your gun nice on a yep. table. So mm-hmm. like even just picking it up, it's easier. Which is so cheating like- for unloaded table starts for you guys. <laughs> I mean, you should never need to really rack it on the clock unless it's an unloaded start or something like that yeah. but you know but it's handy <laughs> yeah it is yeah it is. that's the unloaded starts yep yep now going back to like um shooters getting the word out and stuff you know there are people that find a lot of value in like the, the ambassadors and sponsored shooters or what have you and then there are some like drawbacks to that i'm sure as well but how has that kind of helped get the word out in different areas of the country it goes back to like Mike and Corey. I mean, my first sale was, was a friend of Corey and he was said, what I'm going to build a new PCC. What should my build list include? And Corey Katz came out and said this, 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 and, and the shield buffer system. <laughs> and so, you know, that went to my first sale was, was, was Sun ambassador. And um, I mean, it's just been great. And, and, you know, and some of the ambassadors come along and it's funny, all they're, they buy two systems at full price. You don't know who they are. You've never heard from them. They just order them on the website and it's, you know, a nice order comes through and you ship them. And then you talk to them on the phone and they're like, Oh, Hey, you know, I've been beating the sun off everyone. I'm a, I'm the local GM, who, you know, and, and I got 20th place to nationals last year. And I don't know why you haven't heard of me, but you know, my name's Isaac Hansen and, and Isaac. so I'd love to just try to sell all your product, you know, it's like, holy cow, you know? And so ambassadors come along all different ways, you know, um, some of them end up being a customer that just all of a sudden I'm sending as many t-shirts and hats and stuff to as I can. It's like, yes, you know, you're on the team I love and it. others are, um, you know, people I've known for, for years. Yeah. It's funny. Yeah, no, it helps. Social media helps to get, again, those people, you know, the people that don't travel to matches, these people go back to those places and can kind of spread it locally too. That's kind of a benefit, you know, because we travel and kind of know each other, but yeah. And that's what I think is a benefit that a lot of people that, so it's expensive to sponsor matches, Mm -hmm. but, and you might not see it in sales while you're at the match. You know, you're going to be, you're going to spend, you're going to get X amount of sales and it costs you X amount to, to be a sponsor at that match mm-hmm. but everyone that was there is going to go back and they're going to tell their friends hunters hd da vinci and shio manufacturing were the only three people that had tents at the match yeah and 
even if you weren't there, your local people are going to know that, hey, you're stepping up and you're the one that was there. And, and it's going to it's going to result in sales later on, I think. Yeah, no, absolutely. There's a sacrifice that too. I know even Leif, when he was working limited open, he was like, I shot terribly, but business was good. So I guess that's how nationals are going to go now. <laughs> so you had a similar, you know, experience. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> the same exact thing. Um, yeah. And I've learned now that I need to focus on like shooting with my friends as opposed to yeah. like, I was, so a couple years ago, I decided, oh, I'm not squatting with the best people. I need to like, I need to start really focusing on sign up day, when sign up day, squatting on, getting on the good squad, shooting with other M's and G's. Yeah. And, and so I can follow their stage plans and, and try and be there at the end of the day. And, um, so that's what I did all year this year. And I shot, I got on squads with people I didn't know, mm -hmm. but I mean, I shot with, you know, Justine and, and these people that just, you know, whooped me all year long. And I <laughs> felt bad. I, I, I got, you know, I got to know them all, yeah. but uh, Brian Harrington, all these people, I was like, Oh, here, I'm going to go shoot with him. Oh, I'm going to go get spanked by him. And that's basically what my year turned into. And I learned, I need to, I put too much pressure on myself. I need to like go shoot with my friends, yep. have fun. And I do much better when I do that. Oh yeah. Now are you one of those people? And I kind of do this a little bit. Are you one of those people that like when you watch somebody shoot in front of you or like one of the GMs, you know, that you're competing with and then you try to push it or do what he did. And instead of playing your game. I, I don't know that I push to them as much as, I, I, I don't know. That's hard to answer. I, I like at nationals this year, I just, I ran around like my hair was on fire. I just, I shot over targets, around targets, shot the nose shoots right under. I did not shoot my game. Normally my game is five seconds slower than the guy ahead of me, but more outfits. And that's not what I did at nationals. And it shows. It, <laughs> I, I just, I don't know. I pushed too hard. And, uh, I didn't have any good, anyone around that I knew how to judge off of right. and, um, and it should. Yeah. 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 Now you shot the main match for PCC and then the RO match for open. Is that right? Yes. Yes. I wanted to, you know, focus on shooting PCC, which of course <laughs> all I did was focus on selling PCC parts <laughs> and, and, uh, then when it came time to shoot for the RO match, I was just like, Oh, Whatever. we're just here for fun. And I had them, I had a blast shooting with the ROs for open, it, you know, and I did better than I thought I would much better than I thought I would. So, it, you know, and that really taught me the lesson, go for fun yeah. and you'll do better than you think. It's easy to say that though. It's so easy to say that go for fun, go for fun. And then when it rolls around, you've got pressure and you're like nervous, excited. And then it just, you got to carry that mental game. I don't really have that lockdown yet yeah me neither me neither <laughs> so what were your goals actually for either pcc or open i'm assuming focusing on pcc what were your goals going into that so i got i i did i got 26th place last year 2020 okay. and that was my first nationals and um so i was like okay if i can get 26th again maybe I could make the team for the Ipstick world shoot is, yeah. is like the thought, you know, because there aren't many people that were, and this is 
you know, last year I talked to Mike Foley. He was like, how are you going to determine who makes the team? Yeah. Oh, it's going to be the average of that. And who knows if this is it. And of course the world should just keep getting pushed further yeah. and further out too. So like those, when I was doing good a couple years ago, those matches don't count. But, um, but so that was my goal. 26 or better. Um, which is, I ended up in the mid fifties. So not nearly where I thought, but sure. the, so last year, COVID, I think, had kept a lot of people from going to nationals. Yeah. And um, so I think a lot of people have stepped up their games since last year, too. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's got to be a serious division where it's kind of a joke for a while. <laughs> it's it's fun. It's really fun. I didn't know until I picked up one. I was like, crap. <laughs> I get it now. You can actually go fast with it super fun don't know yeah and that's oh. what makes open cool i you know i tried switching between limited and pcc and shooting three gun you go back to an iron sight pistol and my sight focus to, to target focus to dot focus and all of that i said i need to have something with the same dot on it yeah. that's my second division so that's why i started shooting open and uh my goal for open was just to first, I didn't think I would make nationals. I didn't think there was any way for me to get a spot in nationals if I didn't work it. Right. So I was like, I'll just volunteer to work. That way at least they can shoot it. <laughs> and uh, my goal was to not TQ because I was afraid of running around with that pound and a half trigger right here, and right next to my head. And, you know, I was just like, just keep things safe and don't TQ. You had fun at open. You, you shot really well with an open gun. Really well. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. yeah. Shrugging. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> I don't know. What were your favorite stages in both matches? So this is, what, four months ago now? Mm -hmm. So, yeah. um, oh. So for the PCC match, I really like the suitcase stage. Just ammo, 30-pound ammo can, and there was no stage planning to it. No. There was no, oh, how are you going to do it? You know, everyone's standing around. How are you going to do the ammo can stand? And my buddy's like, I'm going to pick the thing up. I'm going to swing it. And I'm going to shoot it. What do you mean? You know, and I'm like, yeah, okay, that's exactly right. You're just going to just just do it. You know, there's no way to plan it. You yep. just do it. Yep. And uh, so I had a lot of fun for that. Of course, I shot around targets and ran past stuff and, you know, <laughs> went way too fast. But uh, that was my favorite BCC. And open, I have no idea what was. I, I can't. I don't remember stages that well. And the I don't last remember one how was great fun. We shot nine stages a day for two. Well, actually, we shot more than that the first day because we yeah. tried to push further. Didn't we do eleven and, and nine? Uh, eleven? No. Yeah, you're right. Maybe I don't remember how many there were. Eleven and seven, maybe. Yeah, it was dumb. Yeah, it was just a lot. Um, I don't know. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. I, I don't know what stage was my favorite. Hmm. Not the weekend. No. We, no. Not no. that weekend reload weekend. I, especially with me being nervous with that trigger and everything. I was like, no, that's, I, I shot that two weekends <laughs> in a row prior to that. At <laughs> two different matches set that same, same exact stage. And so I had some practice and I just, you know, just got to watch and, and keep your finger out of the trigger. Yeah. My housemate down there that rented the house and I rode home with 
he he bumped the trigger is like the meat of his finger bumped the trigger and set it off and so that was the end of his his nationals and so that was a bummer i didn't know that i didn't know that at all yeah well those were the two worst the tough one i mean he shot it two weekends in a row beforehand so this happened yeah it does i mean those were the two worst stages i think that we got to start on were the two short courses the one that the activator wouldn't turn and the stupid cord wouldn't work. And then you had to shoot that. That sucked for the start of the match. <laughs> yeah. Got hosed. Um, gosh, have you shot two gun at all? So our local three gun match does, has a two gun division. It, but I'm like, why am I not just shooting tack ops? So when I go, I shoot tack ops because I like shooting shotgun. I'm good at shooting shotgun. Not good at loading shotgun, but I can get through it. And uh, so, no, uh, to keep the answer short, no, I haven't. I wanted to shoot Max's two gun nationals last year, yeah. but it was the same weekend as the Buckeye Blast, which was like, the debut yeah. level two match for the buffer system. And oh. so, and it was Ohio. It was, it's two hours away from my house. Yeah. So um, I didn't get to do it that week, that year. And I think it's the same weekend this year. So Damn. I want to, it's my two divisions open in PCC, but um, no. You might need to make a sacrifice just to go. Cause I think that that's your, yeah, that's your game. I think so too. I I really do. I'm I'm a stage sponsor for yeah. for Buckeye Blast this year, so I'm gonna be there trying to sell stuff at a table, and it's, it'd be really hard to go. But um, if it was like if it was on the East Coast, like it was last year, I yeah, probably would. Yeah. But I can't just like make a half day trip or a day trip driving from one to the other and make both <laughs> matches the same weekend. You know. Yeah, it's a lot. That's fair. That's fair. Um, okay. Yeah. So you and I ROed, which was super, super duper fun. Um, that's a long time on the range because I think we were there sun up, sundown through the rain. Oh my God. Yeah. It's too much to shoot that many stages too in one day. And if you're doing a bad job on one day, just you keep going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You didn't want to stop. I don't think uh, you were on your second or third gun and, and it, what, it was working. So I think that was why you like let's just keep rolling i had fun i was like it's working it's it's gun yeah dude open is fun i i get it now too so open in pcc like i finally understand the divisions <laughs> um so shooting with staff though um have you had you ever done that at a major or national event before that's my first major work okay um, i got rope you know as soon as i started shooting I was on setup crew for our local match. Mm -hmm. And um, at first it was, you know, to save a few dollars. Sure. And then it turned into they're calling you beforehand and relying on you. And just like everyone else, you look at each other, you're like, yeah, $20. We're saving 20 bucks for all this work, <laughs> you know? And that's the joke at our club. But whatever, you know, it's your buddies are relying on you. So you go and you set up and you try and make something better, you know? Um, so, you know, we, I've been setting stages and doing an R in being an RO locally for a long time. Uh, but that was my first major, like major working at all. Okay. Um, what were your thoughts? Like that's, that's a newbie perspective. I'm kind of curious of, of the whole thing. What were your thoughts? 
being staff? Well, again, I, I mean, I didn't think I would get in for shooting open. I didn't think I could earn a spot sure. to, to get into open. So because I don't shoot open, most of the clubs give it, be it based on participation. Right. And, you know, I, I just didn't think I would get it. So I was like, well, this is my way in. It's my way to talk to everyone. Open and limited nationals. That's the biggest one. That's the one that all the everyone's going to be at. And at the same time, I'll keep the house. It will just switch. You know, I switched housemates halfway through the week. Oh, I forgot the you how to do that. You know, some people <laughs> left and went home. Some people stayed for both, and and some people came in later. It was it was fun. Um, it it, it was good. I, I enjoyed it. The uh, it's a lot of work, you know, it's three full days of work. Um, but, you know, I met a lot of cool people. I had a blast shooting with staff. Yeah. Um, our squad was the best staff it. squad. I know everybody says that, but no, ours was the best staff squad. <laughs> you can make it bad. You can make it good. You know, you make your own mood. And you, got, you assholes made it great with the stupid stickers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The next day, everyone had a lot of horrible <laughs> it was but a fun time I, you know that was my first time meeting you and i you know i consider us good friends now so Hell yeah that, you know that was a good time yeah no so like um i've shot a lot of majors i've worked three or four nationals now low cap high cap two gun all of that but what's really cool is you were talking about earlier so instead of you know squatting with super squad squad with friends i know staff date you're still same rules people think that you know the changes no but staff is just so much more relaxed and chill when your gun runs. But it's a different experience that I really do enjoy because it doesn't feel like you have all that pressure on you. You're just hanging out with friends. I don't know. That's my take. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and it, it sort of feels more like the local match where yeah. um, you allow everyone to call out targets and that sort of thing because everyone's ROs. Yeah. All of a sudden you look around and it's like, oh, you are qualified to call out that target. <laughs> you know, I'm not used to this. We usually just call them out anyways. Right. But, um, yeah, so it, it, it was much more low key than, than the prior weekend when it's nationals <laughs> and everyone's on their side. And I was on squad two, follow, so I was right behind the super squad. Because, you know, I couldn't get on Super Squad, but I could get on Squad 2, so I'll be there. And uh, it was just intimidating, you know, on with a lot of lot of really good shooters and uh, trying to do what they could do, and I couldn't. Yeah, yeah. Now, for our, or you shot Da Vinci's PCC, and then what open gun and dot do you shoot? You said you have the same dot, by the way, on both guns? Yeah, yeah. So I run a Seymour. Oh, here is my Da Vinci. And so I run the the Seymour regular big Seymour like traditional reflex sight. Yeah. Um, I just like the big open window. It, it's just a nice big round window, and um, it's what I'm used to. Yeah. So it's big on an open gun. It's kind of old school traditional open gun, <laughs> but um, it's what I like. It's the same thing from one gun to the other. Yeah. And it works. Yeah. I've got yep. like. 10 of them now on different guns. I know. Once you find your thing, I, I have the same triggers. I have those, the same red dots. I'm like, stick to what you know, because it, it, once you're at a different level or just, you understand the gun, the dot, the everything, it's like, don't change it. And then it's just easier to use, move from platform to platform, in my opinion. Right. 
Right. Yeah. And then that goes back to like, you know, so I learned the CAD and I've got these dots and I've always wanted to have a cover. So I'll go back to the dot. I always <laughs> wanted a cover that not only covered the lens, but also the emitters. Oh. This is where like the laser comes out. And everyone made a cover that snapped over the lens, but wouldn't cover this. Huh. And I called people that did the 3D printing and they'd say, oh, if you send me the file, I'll print it. And well, I figured out that 3D printers aren't hard to figure out. And um, so I started 3D printing my own, you know, covers. And so no one makes it for the Seymour except me. And uh, it's a cover and it covers the emitter and the dot and just does everything. And so one of those things that once you figure out like the 3D, the CAD, that sort of thing, you're good. All of a sudden, two or three other things just fall right in your lap. <laughs> the mount, the mount right here that the gun's on, you know, that's another thing. That's it's new, pretty new. easy to figure right? out. 3D print it. And yep. Uh, yep, that's all me too. But that was new, right? Like that, that mount, I think I saw like not even a few days ago. Yeah, media. yeah. You know, I get back to, just trying to come out with new stuff, something I could do, um, you know, mount, uh, you know, like the, the generic, uh, there's a lot of people printing these, but like your 650 tool head holders and that sort of stuff, just trying to keep the 3D printer going and make something. Oh yeah. So how many, uh, inventions do you have or ideas do you have in the works right now in your brain? <laughs> in the brain, in the brain yeah. that's, you know, I'm always coming up with new stuff. A lot of them are like, you're never going to be able to sell this. There's not even really a point to making it, but maybe write it down. And that's about as far as it gets. Um, but yeah, you know, sometimes new stuff and, you know, I wish I had more time and energy because I go down the rabbit holes further. Do you have a, yeah. a inventor's journal that you do all this in? No, I'm, I'm very unorganized. But, you know, no. <laughs> Short answer, no. Sorry. Come on. <laughs> very unorganized. I should. Yeah. Oh, geez. Because I feel like with you, if something will pop in your head or you will hear somebody's problem, and then you should just go jot it down. I should. I'm going to get you a journal. Yeah. Um, <laughs> going back to the ROs, too. Um, I'm just curious on your perspective. After you put in all that work, right? Um, how do you think more members should go volunteer to see the other side of shooting or what do you feel about that? Yeah. I mean, everyone should be working. If you're at a match and you're sitting down and like, you're going to eventually be squatted by yourself and <laughs> not have anyone that wants to hang out with you. Um, I, you know, honestly, I'm not the type of person that just like, I mean, you might find me having a conversation with someone and not focused that I need to be doing something. Someone might need to like, hey, reset, <laughs> and kick my butt. But at the same time, I'm not the person to just sit there and daydream. Like I'm always, the, usually I'm actively engaged in something. It might be a conversation <laughs> or resetting, ROing the tablet. But I feel like, you know, pace and targets and setting steel is almost as hard as running the tablet or running the timer. Oh yeah. Uh, I mean, you have to focus hard when you're running the timer and you have to be, you know, obviously qualified and you have to know what to look at. And yeah. there's things like that, that a lot of people don't do right. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of times when you can get away with not doing it right. And, um, nationals is not one not of them. That big of, 
Right. No. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But um, I, but yeah, I feel like you know, if you're not helping at some at some point in the match, you're not going to be around very long. At least you'd hope. Yeah. Those people make me mad. How did your stage go? Our stage went fantastic. Uh, I, you know, I told our CRO that this is my first major ever, which might have been a mistake because he was like, uh, not so, you know, not that anyone was overly, um, but everyone had pointers, you know, had lots of tips and ways to do it. And that's great. I've tried to listen and follow everything, but we did everything great. Um, but, you know, we didn't have one reshoot. So we, we had four guys that wanted to work. So we didn't sit anyone. Yeah. So we didn't have like a rester or anything. One guy was on the rake and we raked yeah. our, cause we had like angle deep gravel. So we raked it flat for every shooter. And uh, yeah, but you know, we made it even equal for everyone. We didn't have one reshoot. We didn't have, you know, we had a couple of calls where, um, you know, they questioned my call and, it's, you know, it's, know that I looked at it again, made the call. And if they questioned again, I said, would you like the CRO? And, you know, and that was it. Yeah. It was pretty easy just to pass it on, you know. Lucky. Um, like, just kind of brush it off and let it go. <laughs> yep. Yep. Well, Meanwhile. We had like a couple of reshoots and then we had, did you ever see the SIG blown out of the dude's hand where all that was left is just kind of a little bit of the lower? So that's like one of my good friends, Jeff. Dude, Jeff. Well, I shoot Jeff? with him almost every weekend. Yeah. Yeah. No, I know Jeff very well. I, 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 I've held the parts since then, <laughs> but no, uh, yeah, that was an experience. He won't share the video. Or I didn't never got a chance to ask him for the video. I just wanted to see the video again. But dude, like for me, I've never had a nationals where we've had squibs that we've had a call, which was great because we stopped that from blowing up. We've had the gun blow up. We've had, I've always had just like the craziest stuff happen on, on my stage. I'm like, cool. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Fantastic. So yeah, we didn't have anything like that. I don't know why or, you know, or I don't know. Were you on a double stage? You had two. Yeah. Like two stages in one. I thought so. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's where you were. Were you on like in the same pit as the first nationals? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I yeah. saw you on my way through. Yep. PCC. It was just in seventh circle of hell on those little short stages. Cause believe it or not, it was a little bit harder to run with double base. I don't really like double base. It's just chaotic. Uh, well, there's more to watch and there's, yeah. you know, another person that could potentially shoot you. So. Oh yeah. And then like one's up here, <laughs> one's back here for the other match where it's like, Oh, but yeah. Yeah. If you were on like the down range one. <laughs> yeah. Right, like this is this is the one that's a little safer, but you go here. <laughs> oh, my life is in danger. <laughs> oh man. So outside of this, actually, I don't even know. Uh, what all do you do for full time work? So, um, my dad and I ran a construction and painting business for a few years. For years, um, I mean, since I started, like when I was twelve, I started painting houses in the summers and climbing ladders. And so I got out of high school and try, you know, did a couple college things that didn't really keep me interested and uh, decided to go to work for dad. Wow. And so after painting for a couple of years, I was just like, I can't do this full time. I can't stand in front of a house, and spray it all day long. And so I got into remodeling and, you know, doing like kitchens and bathrooms, that sort of thing. And like, so I could just 
go off, do a, do a job for two, three weeks at a time. And then, Oh dad, I don't have anything tomorrow. Give me eight hours of work and go to work for dad. And so it was just great. You know, I didn't have to have full time remodeling. And, and so I kind of expanded the business into that a little bit. And, uh, for I don't know three four years ago he retired and so I just kind of took over everything and uh, been doing that yep so painting and remodeling yeah it's very small we've got most it's pretty much all word of mouth um, but you know we've been doing it in this same area for thirty years so oh yeah it works yep. yep yep now what would it take? I know like you, you talk about side hustles cause it took me a while to turn my side hustle into a full-time hustle. Right. Uh, what would it take for shield manufacturing to become that full-time work? Uh, we're getting close, you know, um, it, it, sales, you know, that's what yeah. it is. It, it's sales. It's, it's, and then knowing being relying on one product is tough. So, yeah. um, you know, but, uh, money you know that's the, that's the number one thing i guess uh, i i don't know yeah yeah i can always go back to painting and and doing remodels um you know i've taken time off before to, to do other things and i can get right back into it so that doesn't really scare me you could almost become that machine shop that you were looking for for other businesses maybe I've got some things in the works. I'm, I'm hoping we'll pan out, and um, that's the idea. Yeah. Instead of farming, you know, the things that I'm farming out right now, if I can start to bring that stuff in house, and then all of a sudden the next idea is really easy to make and easy to make ten of instead of having to buy a hundred. And um, yeah, that's the plan. Yeah. So if there's one thing or a couple things that we as a shooting community can do to help you or your business other than sales and maybe word of mouth. I mean, that could definitely help, but what is something that we could do to help you grow or that you need help with? You know, just try If you're at a match and you've never tried it out, just come talk to me and try it out. Um, we've got lots of shooters and everyone's got, you know, that's one part of the deal to three uh, firearms. Part of the deal is like if I'm gonna, you know, if you're gonna be shooting for the team, you've got to be willing to do do some demos. And um, you know, everyone, you know, in in the industry, pretty much everyone's willing to let you shoot their stuff, anyways. Generally, anyways. So um, if you see one, talk to them, ask them about it, ask them what they think. That's that's probably the best, you know. Yeah. Find out for yourself. Yeah. You need, you're not even talk offline about putting that on your website. So people could actually identify who those people are, but yeah, I like that. Come ask me folks. I love my, my buffer system so much. So, and I can tell you what not to do with the fourth hole. No. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. I had a question too. I didn't realize, um, you were talking about three gun back in the day. Did you shoot other sports? Did you actually shoot three gun like at national level or majors or just locally? So, I've shot, I mean, I don't want to, yes, I've shot some three gun nationals um, okay. or, you know, uh, majors or whatever, you know, mostly uh, rock casting. Okay. That was the thing. So my friends, that was a big vacation that, that the group of guys that all set the match, same guys, you know, 
all did every year was they went to Rock Castle every year for the Pro-Am. Mm-hmm. And get drunk. And mm-hmm. Sam, who was the match director until I took over, he won the amateur side a couple times. And, um, or, or he got like second place once. He won a, a couple guns anyways on the amateur side. And then he won it once. And he said, oh, I guess, I guess now I've got to switch to the pro. And, uh, and the match director said, I don't care what you do. <laughs> he was like, oh, okay. But so anyways, the next year he was like, okay, we're going to shoot the pro side. So then everyone that goes down on vacation is like, we can't squat on different squads and be on, because it's different stages and everything. It's basically yeah. two matches at the same time. It was. Yeah. It's fun. Now. But um, so everyone switched to shooting the pro side because everyone's, <laughs> you know, at least top half of the local stuff and been doing it for a while. And so when I got roped into going, it was like, hey, but you got to shoot the pro side. I know this is your first year, but that's what you got to do. <laughs> and so I shot it two years in a row. Um, the, the because it ended, so I think it was like eight, 2018, 2019, I believe. Yeah, because I actually was gonna go, and I remember 2019, I just started shooting three gun, and I was really intimidated by that match because I didn't have the physical strength and some of the distance with the rifle. So I was like, I'm gonna go next year, next year, gone. And I was like, cool. Literally, I remember talking to my buddy, like, can't go this year, can't go. I just, I don't have always ammo, and then it's gone. Yeah. It- you know, it was cool to go. I mean, there were 600 yard rifle shots that you just, that's were just impossible. Me. Yeah. That's you know, and, it, and I mean, they're not impossible now. I yeah. could, you know, but is it worth the time? It still might not be worth the time for me. You know what I mean? Like, I, you know, I'm a gamer now. I figure out what's the. <laughs> Put a shot on it and, and it counts. You, know, yeah. you know, I'm a hit factor guy. Yeah. But um, so it made me realize like you can push you can shoot stuff that's beyond your ability and still do good you know the first year i came home with a lot more prizes than what i spent to go that's cool and like you know it was amazed first well excuse me first year there and the second year prizes kind of went away Mm -hmm. um i did much better worse on the prize table whatever you know it doesn't matter yeah um that's fun match yeah I, I i shoot a decent amount of three gun locally um, I just do better at PCC. Yeah. Like I, you know, yeah. locally, if I'm not winning the match, usually I'm kind of bummed. Right. Um, right. In USPSA three gun. I don't know if I've ever won a, even a local three gun match. That's hard to do. There are some really good, yeah. good shooters. Now, do, have you shot steel challenge or like sporting clays or other shooting disciplines as well? I, you know, I've got a, like a clay pigeon thrower on a tire out back that we take and throw over the cornfield. And like, that was, I'd never been to a sportsman's club until I started shooting USPSA. Like all the shooting I had done was 22s in the woods, you know, (laughs) and, but thousands of rounds throughout my childhood, but it was, you know, just shooting them into the woods, just zinging them through the woods. (laughs) And now I'm like, what? You're not shooting into a firm? And uh, that's how we did it. And, yeah. um, but you know, so my childhood, we threw shotgun clays into the air and, and I learned to do that. I was kind of always cool. decent at it, but never went to like the, the sportsman's club and learned how to do that. Yeah. Um, I've got a steel challenge once I got roped into a setup crew. 
<laughs> on a Friday, like, hey, come down and set which set all setups still challenge all day long because it's like forty minutes to set up five stages and then shoot, you know. <laughs> and so um, you know, went and shot it once and I got second place in the match. <laughs> like no one even knew who I was because I only went there on like the Friday for setup crew and yeah. me and two guys shot. But um yeah. just, you know, no, not good at it, not I don't know. If I had more weekends in the month, I'd do it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so other than three gun and PCC, if there's some, is there some other sport? Just curious, maybe in the long, long future that you're like curious about trying or something that intrigues you. Oh, I. So I've tried to get into like the precision stuff. Mm-hmm. I bought a a bolt action seventeen WSM, which is like a. 3,000 foot per, it's like a rimfire, but like a rimfire sniper rifle. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> a big old scope and like, okay, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to shoot the, the eyebrows off of this ant at 100 <laughs> yards or whatever. And um, I'm just not patient enough. And yeah. if my most accurate guns are more gas guns until I bought that. And I just, as soon as the sights sweep back across the target, <laughs> I let another one rip. And that's how I've always learned. And, um, I'm not a shoot the center yeah. out of a target kind of guy. So I don't think that the PRS is for me. Um, who knows what's down the line, but yeah. yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Now outside of shooting, what's something that most people don't know about you? What are some other like hobbies that you have? Uh, I, I used to drag race um, when I was a kid. A junior drag race. Um, I got a dog. I've got a dog named Ozzy. He's four year old, oh. half border collie, half poodle. Cute. And my and my parents have his brother. Oh. So that's really cool. And we live we live together half the year. They li- they go to Florida for the winter, but oh. but in the summer we all live together until. So they sell me the house. They've been threatening to sell me the house for a while, the farmhouse. So that's the plan. Um, so it's nice. We can get, you know, they live together um, for half the year. And yeah, they're really cool. Now drag racing. Barking. He's upstairs right now being nice. That's awesome. <laughs> drag racing, though, I mean, that, that makes sense. Because you, you were able to tinker a little bit even then as a kid, like on cars, you kind of understood them yes yes and i mean i so blessed my dad is not a mechanical tinkerer anything like that my dad's a musician Mm -hmm. and uh you know and like probably like a more of an artist painter than like a construction guy you know (laughs) Uh, just kind of my mom's more of the mechanical person uh you know she's a numbers person and that's where i don't know if i learned it from her or got it from her but I've always been very mechanically inclined and um, they saw it in me early. And um, yeah, so my friend did this drag, this junior drag racing was kind of like go-karts, but on a drag strip and, you know, and my friend, my good friend did it. And I was, you know, in elementary school with, and uh, I got into it through him and, and did that for three or four years and just, had a great time, learned a lot of mechanical stuff, and um, yeah, just had a good time. Um, are you a car guy as well? 
Yeah, well, then that turned into the whole, you know, I told you, like, I was in the Fast and the Furious, uh, yeah. soup up your Honda Civic stuff. <laughs> I have a, a Nissan 300ZX that, okay. uh, that I've, it's, it's not even, it, I tried to drag race it and it's not a drag racing car. And so it's souped up beyond where you want to try to drive it on this road. But it's not good enough to really go and win anything on the drag strip either. Solid. So it's in this weird spot where it just sits in the driveway. And I look at it. I'm not, like afraid to like, I don't want to drive it. I don't want to sell it. I, you know, it's in this like limbo. But yeah, um, I, I did that. And then I got into drag racing motorcycles. Jesus. And uh, more like building them than racing them. I actually never got into the racing as much as building them. It's probably a good and, thing. Uh, it's always been mechanical. Yeah, yeah, it's probably a good thing. Two wheels is a little bit scary. I like motorcycle riding, have my license, but I'd probably die. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I love riding on the road. I'll get my knees in the breeze and cruise around at 40 miles an hour on an old <laughs> little Honda 350 all day long, and I'm happy with that. You know, I don't need, I don't need to go. Uh, I'd be dangerous. I, yeah. I know the limits. Yeah. Cool. Well, I have a couple more questions. Um, you know, what's on your schedule for this year in 2022? And what, what are the goals that you're kind of looking forward to setting for yourself this year? Oh, so um, I'll shoot, you know, I'm going to, sh- the first match of the year, I think is going to be area six. Um, okay. And, yeah, oh, we're on the same squad. Point. I forgot about that, dude. That's yeah, gonna be yeah, hype. I for, yeah, I did too. That squad is yeah. gonna be badass. Oh my god, that would be cool. <laughs> I've got a busy April actually. I've got three majors in April, which will be like the first three matches of my year. Also, nice. like this, matches don't start around here until April or May, <laughs> and um, so it'll be area six. Then there's um. Oh, there's something else in April. I know there's a South Carolina section section match in April. Yep. Uh, I'll be going to there. Da Vinci's a uh, sponsor there, and they asked if I wanted to go for that. So nice. we've got a Da Vinci house. So oh, God. Uh, like an Airbnb. So that should be a good time for everyone down there. Um, so I'll be at Area Five, Area Eight Nationals. Of course, I've already got my house. As soon as Nationals ended this year, I was like. The Airbnb thing is the way to go. So yeah. this is the first time I've done it, and um, so much better than rooms. I've I've traveled to many major matches, and we get six rooms at the days in, or the hotel six, or you know, what even if it's a nice hotel, you're still stuck in your own room yeah. at eight thirty. You're looking at each other like, do we sit around on each other's beds and watch <laughs> friends reruns, or do we go, you know? And like having a house was so nice. Yeah, right. It was a lake house, so we had decks and docks, yep. and it, it was great. Yep. So that's what we've got for the South Carolina match nice. and and nationals. And I've I've got four or five planned for this year, so um, that'll be fun. There's a couple of Ohio big matches. Um, the Battle for the North Coast, one of the better matches around here. Um, it's a really good one. The uh, Buckeye Blast is a good one. Yeah. Western PA section match. I'll be working that. I have, I'm, I'm absolutely roped into working that one. <laughs> you so sounded Everyone sad. else I've like got up with just being a stage sponsor. I've, I've signed on to be stage sponsors for like 
oh, eight yeah. or ten matches this year. I'm I'm and working I've, one so far, and everybody else is. There's people that's been asking me, and I'm like, no, like I'll decide later. But no, like I'm good. I <laughs> I work a lot of matches. Like last year, I think it was like ninety percent of the ones I shot, I worked. So yeah. Well, and when you sponsor it, you get a spot. Yeah. And so mostly that's my spot. Yeah. You know, that's part Hell of the yeah. reason why I sponsor it is because I'm already going to be spending the money on the spot. And, yeah. you know, and it, I want to, you know, grow my name, grow the sport, everything else. Yeah. But um, so now it's really hard to get me to sign up just to be staff because I've already got my spot. <laughs> Don't do it. I, I recommend yeah. not. Oh, man. Now, are you setting goals for yourself? Do you have any expectations for this year? <laughs> I would love to, yeah, I would love to do what I did in 2020 and, yeah. you know, like 25th place nationals, second place at an area match, a couple things like that would be great. Um, I, I really just need to buckle down and focus on the shooting instead of, I think for the last year, my head has been inside the gun thinking about like yeah. what spring is moving and what roller is doing what and everything <laughs> every time the trigger gets pulled. And if I can get back to shooting, I think I can be good. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Corey, are there any final thoughts that you want to leave people with? You know, um, oh, write down your goals. Okay. I, I get If I can, that's one of the biggest things. When I started writing down my goals, I started accomplishing them. Um, you know, it's easy to have things in your head, but when you actually put it on paper, it becomes a little more real. And it's amazing how that little step, you know, I didn't believe it for a long time and I'd have goals in my head for two, three, four years. And as soon as it went on down on a piece of paper, six months later, it's crossed off. Yeah. And um, right down. So Corey, what, what would happen if you wrote down your ideas or the things that are in your head or your inventions? Hmm? Uh, uh-oh. Mm. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Kenzie's calling you out. You got, <laughs> there's like five revenue streams just sitting in your head that could be accomplished in six months. <laughs> I need like two or three clubs. That's what I need. <laughs> yeah. You and me both. You and me yeah. both. <laughs> awesome. Um, okay. And then the final stuff is just how can people find you on social media? And then what's your business website? Oh, um, so my Instagram is Corey Shield Three Gun um, underscore or like Corey underscore Shield underscore Three Gun. Um, Facebook's just Corey Shield. Uh, I also have a Shield Manufacturing or Shield MFG on Facebook, and um, the website is ShieldMFG.com. S C H E E L M F G. Awesome, Corey. Thanks for coming on. Finally, I took you a little bit. <laughs> Yeah, thank you. I know. I We should have done this two months ago. Told you, told you. Hey, I wrote it down, though, so I yeah. made it happen. <laughs> Absolutely. Love it. Cool. I will see you, um, yeah, I guess at Area 6 to start off with. And, you know, for you folks listening, seriously, um, support the guys that are supporting us. Support the little guys that have big dreams, right? You know, I know you've got tried and true stuff out there, but I promise you, if you shot my PCC or his or anything... there's stuff in your head that changes and it it really is neat. So yeah, there you go. And get yourself a hat. (laughs) Our best friends get it. (laughs) I love it. All right, guys, stay tuned for the next episode of the Reticle Up podcast. Thanks for listening to the Reticle Up podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Follow along on social media at Reticle Up or 3 Gun Kenzie.